Hi, and welcome to the Fearless Podcast with Tracy Eckert, the show where we discuss kingdom truths to fast track you into a fearless life. Hi, Tracy Eckert here. Welcome to my Fearless Podcast. I'm here with Lindsay Bryson, my dearest, most precious daughter in the Lord, and um, and we're here to talk about her ministry. She's got an amazing ministry to women in the sex industry. And um, and so I wanted to invite everybody into what you're doing. Um, it's so exciting and the impact that you're having with these these precious women that are that are almost kind of lost in a system um, that um, and kind of like they're trapped and you go in there to get them. You know, it's one of the darkest places in the world and, um, and Lindsay goes at night and loves these girls. And so I just wanted to start at the beginning. So you have a ministry, it's called Lovely, yes. right? Now, um, why don't you tell everybody how you got started in this? Let's go back all the way back to the beginning. Well, I was astounded when I heard about the statistics of human trafficking. This was like 17 years ago. Wow. Just was shocked. Um, no, nobody had ever told me that. I don't think most people even knew it existed. And I just remember being floored and just so grieved and probably like most of us are when we hear about it, but I just couldn't shake it. And so I, you know, started just praying into it and I would find different ministries, mostly um, overseas that were rescuing women and children. And I would sow money into them. But at the time I was going to college and you went to CF and I, I went to Christ for the nations. Yes. Yeah. That's and, awesome. um, so fast forward a few years and my husband and I got married and right after I graduated college. And then um, we just knew that we were rooted and grounded in Dallas. But I was like, I just still knew that there was a mandate on my life to rescue women and to, to love on these women and see them set free. So I started researching like human trafficking, going to Google, like who's doing anything in Dallas for human trafficking? And still, this was like 11 years ago and it was still a buzzword. Um, most of the organizations that were doing something here in the city were just raising awareness, which is what needed to happen at that time because um, you can't put your hands to anything if you don't know it even exists. Yeah, there's actually an organization in at IHOP. That's how I found out about yes. it. What is the name of it? Exodus Cry. Exodus Cry. And they're doing incredible things. And they've been on the ground for years, too. And I think a lot, lot of what they they were doing as well as raising awareness. Yeah. And right now they're raising awareness about um, how corrupt the pornography industry is and how it is tied to sex trafficking. And so, yeah, did you know that existed? No, uh, I didn't. And so I, awareness I, and I, is huge. Well, I mean, yeah, it is huge. And and. I remember when you were saying that, I remember it was almost like 2000, like the year of 2000, around that time that everything started unfolding, like the curtain was pulled back and all of a sudden we all became aware of this and we were like, wait a minute, how is this even possible? And then fast forward to, I remember I, the only thing I can think of is George W. Bush was in office. And so it started they were going to fund all of these um, charities who were going to to distribute the information, get the build the awareness, and so that's kind of when I jumped into it. and And I remember getting a prophetic word about it that we would be involved with it somehow, some way. 
So, so, okay, take it from there. So you've kind of so, found yeah, out about it. So, yeah, I was it. like, I love this awareness stuff, and I went through several trainings on how to spot, you know, trafficking and how to deal with the trauma side of it. And that was beautiful. I'm so thankful for that season. But I really knew that I wanted to be, like, face-to-face -face contact with them. And so somebody, it was just a God connection, somebody connected me with this woman who was a dancer and she had gotten radically saved and her story is just incredible, but her and her husband had met in the strip clubs and they were in that lifestyle for several years. They got hooked on drugs, they ended up homeless and they both separately got radically saved, set free. And she had said, even when she was still back in the lifestyle, didn't know the Lord at all, she had said, one day I'm gonna come back in here and I'm gonna rescue these women. Wow. Because you don't believe it, you think that, oh, they're party, party girls, they're there as a choice, but it's really a prison for, for a lot of these women, or it becomes a prison, it starts out as something fun and then like, before they know it, they're just dying and desperate to get out of there, but they don't know how. So she took me under her wing and she showed me how to talk go in to talk to management and um, ask if we could come in. And she was really a pioneer in strip club ministry and figured out like we have to bring gifts to get in the doors. That's how like they allow us to get in. And um, that we more or less for, um, function as a support arm, a support group for women in the sex industry. So I served her for several years. And then uh, fast forward, that ministry kind of folded uh, for no ugly reason, but just different seasons of life. And we had moved across the country at the time. And when we moved back, uh, this was about five years ago, the Lord said, it's time to do this. And so it just kind of organically started. I led an outreach um, with this organization called Love Dallas. And we had about- yeah, I remember that. What, was that like eight years ago? Well, no, I think when it they was first like started, five. it was okay. like five years ago. Okay. And uh, we had like 60 people show up to this outreach to the sexually exploited, and we covered the city of Dallas, which had always been a dream of my heart. And after that, I just had people saying, like, when are we going to do this again? They were just so lit up on the inside with love for these women and a desire to do something in our own backyard right. is what is so important because you don't. You think sex trafficking, it's in Thailand, it's in Cambodia, but it really is everywhere you look. And what's crazy for us, for Storehouse, is it's right down the road from right. us. Like right. literally right, right down the road. Harry Hines is right down here. And I mean, we it takes us 10 minutes to drive there, if even that. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe five on a good traffic. I know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, all right, so you started off at, when you were doing Love Dallas, mm -hmm. you already kind of had a model in place and and over time have you kind of perfected that model or what does that look like yes uh one is that we we are doing strip club ministry as a big portion of what we do but also the lord started showing me probably about a year into doing lovely that he started showing me visions of going out on the streets and i was like okay lord this is going to be school of the holy spirit because that is a whole different ball game um, basically, if you're not aware, we have the buying and selling of women happen every day, um, all day and all night on the streets of our city. And so 
you will see them sometimes when you're driving um, on the street called Harry Hines, which is like our red light district in Dallas. Yeah. I'm sure it happens a lot of other places in Dallas, but for sure where we go, um, where the strip clubs are mostly congested, there's the buying and selling of women on the streets with pimps. And this is really a modern day form of trafficking. Um, trafficking is when you're coerced to do a sex act. And so a lot of these women do have pimps. And so, yeah. We and it's real hard for them to get out of that lifestyle once they get into it. Is that right? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, they have pimps. They don't want to lose their funding. Right. And these girls are a source of profit for them. So we have started going out on the streets. That's a whole different format, but we'll take them. We've just learned over the years what they've asked us for. And we've also learned when and when not to talk to them because uh, sometimes their pimps are waiting around the corner for them and that could put them and us in great danger. Yeah. So we just have to bless them and we'll give them a contact number that's not tied to us if they need help. Uh, but the, over the years, they've asked us for things like condoms and hygienic wipes, gum. They love when we bring them Gatorade and chips because they're standing all night long. In those usually. heels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, and I'm so naive. So Lindsay invited me to go out on one of her outreaches. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, most of us haven't been to a strip club. Right. And so to go into that environment is incredible. I mean, my heart was just racing and I thought, oh, am I going to die? How is this going to work? How do we, how do we even get in? And it, it was the most incredible thing. It was like the Holy Spirit really parts the, the sea and you just walk right through it. And it's like nobody even notices that you're there. And it's such a tremendous opportunity to go into the darkest places. And that's what I love about what you do. You're so courageous and you're not afraid to say, this is where they are, so I'm going in after them. And you're not actually saying, come out with me. I'm going to rescue you, even though that's what you're doing bit by bit. And so everybody there kind of knows you now, right? Yes. Yeah. So we have relationship with four, actually, well, sometimes it's five, We depending on how many people we have going, going out with us. But we have great relationship um, that we formed, you know, just laboring, just digging these <laughs> wells here in our city for years. And they, um, we went into a club on Saturday night and the DJ was like, the church girls are here. <laughs> 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 so they love and he's like hey girls you know like they know us they yeah. love us yeah. one of our clubs um they'll be like hey don't leave like we'll have girls like on the floor on the stage you know on the pole and she'll be like don't leave without praying for me and so that's the beautiful thing about longevity and consistency and really establishing relationship is that they know us and they know that we're always going to be there for us. They know that we are Christians that are not judgmental yeah. and that we're really there to love them. Yeah. And so that right is where they are. Yes. Yeah. And to pray for them. Right. Because they're dying for a touch from the Holy Spirit and yeah. to know that Jesus loves them. And that's the thing that begins to draw them out is to know that they're seen. And so when we went in, mm -hmm. and I know this is what you do, we don't just go in and say, oh, hey, we are here to mm -hmm. introduce 
you know, the church, but we're here to, to introduce you to a man. And we prophesy over them. We get words of knowledge. We pray for healing. And they see Jesus move in a big way. And it's so impactful. They're just like, wait, how did you know that about me? Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, but the Holy Spirit did. And, and so it just brings them into the supernatural of God. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the key. A lot of people ask us, like, how many women have you got out? And I'm like, that's not our main goal, even though that's a beautiful goal. And that happens as a byproduct, a byproduct. Yes. But our main goal is to introduce them to the man, Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. And so you asked if I've like kind of perfected the model over the years. And the model is the Holy Spirit, you know, is if he's not showing up, then we're nothing and we might as well not go. And the other side of our model is prayer. Mm-hmm. We have a prayer team, a whole um, side team that is our other half, our better half, really. And we have about just as many women, sometimes more women staying by and men um, staying behind and praying for us while we're out. And that just makes all the difference in the world. And we do see signs and wonders, healings, the outpouring of the prophetic. Um, one of the things that I really love to do is I love to ask them if they've ever felt the presence of God. Do you know what that feels like? And they're like, most of the time, no, I've never felt that. Well, do you want to? And so we'll just sit. And it's always so cool for me because every time without fail, he shows up. And most of the time it's in a very chaotic space. But I've been on the street where there's like zoom, zoom, and cop car sirens, you know, just really chaotic. And what'll happen is there'll be like a muffler. It's like a bubble that forms over us and you'll feel the wind of the spirit and everything will become silent and muffled in the background. Wow. And he'll come and it, it'll be like, how do we even move from this, you know? Wow. But they know that he's real. And what happens is hope is imparted. Hope changes everything. And then then they have a vision for the future and getting out and doing something greater than what they're doing. But we never push that on them. That's something that's like we allow them to lead the conversation. And then then if they want help getting out, then we'll help them or we'll help them find new jobs or whatever that looks like. But we like to think of ourselves as a no-string-attached ministry right we're there literally just to we're here if you want and if you need and if the opportunity presents itself now i know that there have been women that have reached out to you who have uh, contemplated abortion and needed help and uh, you and your team just you're on it and you make arrangements for them you make housing arrangements for them you make sure that they have their needs Yeah, one of the interesting things, which you know well, because we always do a big toy drive every year around Christmas for our single moms. And so one of the things we found is that a great portion of the women that work, especially in the strip clubs, are single moms just trying to make ends meet. And they don't have an education. They come from a poverty background. So it's just they're caught up in these cycles. And so we will help with crisis pregnancies. That's one of the things that we love to do. And we really put our money where our mouth is. I know one of the arguments about the pro-life movement is that, well, you just care about the unborn, but you don't really care about the child or the mother when they're here. But we're here to say we really do put our money where our mouth is. And so we 
We've hosted several baby showers. Uh, during Christmas time, we lavish generously. Um, these uh, families will take a list of their wants and their needs. And it's always just such a beautiful outpouring. Uh, these women are so undone because we let them know it's the church that came together to yeah. love you this way. To give you this toy drive. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are bikes that are, <laughs> that, I mean, they buy extravagantly. Yes. And, and these children are so incredibly blessed. You know, they get to actually have a, a, an incredible and exceptional Christmas because of that. And that's another outreach that you do and you developed that and you're like, okay, how can we really love them during this time yeah. where they may not have family and, you know, and serve their children as well as serving them. And so that is also, I think, helped to develop that connection and relationship that they have with you at all the strip clubs. Oh, you totally. Know? Yeah, the toy drive is really the highlight of my year. It's a lot of work. It's every a year. lot of work. I <laughs> watch like, you do it and I think, because you've got three children of yes. your own and your youngest is how old? He's two. He's two. So yeah, last year he was one. You're, you know, the yeah, I remember when you were pregnant with him. I mean, you just had the big belly and you're doing the toy drive and then you've got uh, Bear who was like two at the yes. time. So yeah, craziness. it's a lot of work. It's um, a lot of late nights. I really take it very personally. I check each child's gift. And every year we've like doubled in size. I'm sure we'll add more children this year. And actually it's really exciting for me when we grow because I'm like, all right, here's an opportunity to see how the Lord's going to come through for these women. And he does every time I'll be like, oh my gosh, we have 50 kids left to sponsor. How is this going to get taken care of? And every time he takes care of it because he really loves these women and he loves the children. And so that's just been a beautiful faith building thing for me personally, just to see him come through time and time again. But uh, it really is the widows and the orphans. Yes. These are our modern day widows and orphans that they typically don't have a support system backing them. And it is a great way to say like, cause we always come in and they'll, they'll ask us, now, what are you doing? Who are you? Why, why the gift? And we just say we're a support group for women in the industry. We know that it can be a hard industry to be in. And we want to let you know that you don't have to do life alone. And so we're just here for you for whatever you need. And we'll kind of give some examples of what, what we do and what we help with. And um, it's really neat because we have a partnership with the North Texas Food Bank here at Storehouse. So we've been able to provide groceries. Right. They come through the drive-thru yes. every other week. Yes. And it's great food, by the way. It's all fresh veggies and fruit and really good quinoa, really nice. Yeah, it's healthy. surprisingly healthy. <laughs> <laughs> and now they've got, you know, beans too. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Well, okay. So tell us the story of Lonnie. Because I think that's an amazing testimony and it's really just a, it just, I think it's kind of the banner over what you do and how successful you are. So tell his story. Yeah. So the reason Toy Drive was started and like I was mentioning every year, I'm kind of like, Lord, do I do Toy Drive again? It's so much work. And you know, it's already a crazy time of the year being Christmas time. We are all stretched thin then and to add that on top of it, I'm always questioning, like, is this something I'm supposed to do? But Lonnie was part of our very first toy drive. He is a club manager. He was a club manager yeah. at one of our clubs. And uh, we helped out his, like, stepkids. Yeah. yeah. And uh, 
we got them presents, you know, for Christmas, took care of them. And then the next year I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this again. <laughs> but Lonnie called. Lonnie called and said, hey, are you guys going to do the toys again? I really need help. And so I was like, okay, that's the Holy Spirit saying yes to wow. do this. Like there's a need. And we're actually having like this invitation to do it. And so we we just kept up with him. Every year, Toy Drive would come around. We would might have lost touch with him in the year, but then Toy Drive would come around and we'd sponsor him. And so even one year, part of the, what we do with the Toy Drive is we will host Christmas parties here at the church so right. that they can see that it is the local church really taking care of them. And a lot of the intercessors yes. and and the it will all come and they pray and prophesy over yes. them. And And remember, Lonnie came. Yeah, so Lonnie came and he had just had like several heart or surgeries. And so that's a miracle in and of itself is that he survived four heart attacks in a row. And one ended up, you know, he was having a heart attack on the operating table. And so he came through it. God has an amazing plan for his life. And so we kind of lost touch with him for a little while after that. But he knew we were here because he was really impacted by us when he came to pick up the toys. Right, I remember John and I praying for yes. him, for his heart. Yes. That's great. So he knew that this was a safe place and a place where he would feel really loved and cared for. So when he was going through a really tough time in his life, he had found himself um, broken up with his girlfriend, girlfriend. and on the streets. So he didn't have a car. He didn't have a car, he was homeless. And he had, because of the heart attacks, he had found himself not able to work anymore. So he was no longer working at the strip clubs. And so he was at really rock bottom and called us and asked us if he could come to church with us. And so he did, and he rededicated his life to the Lord. And he's been faithfully coming Sunday after Sunday for probably about two years now. And what's so sweet about it is he will come and he'll volunteer at Suppers, which is our grocery giveaway. And he will come and volunteer for different evangelism events. He wants to tell others about what Jesus has done in his life. And his life, he'll tell you himself, it's just been radically changed. He's done a complete 180. Like the Lord showed up and provided, he got a car. Yes. He got housing from the city that was, um, didn't he say it was furnished, furnished housing? Completely furnished. And then he had like back pay, like as soon as he said yes to the Lord and surrendered his life, it was like the Lord just kept showing up again and again. He got back pay from disability, just all of a sudden. Yeah. Things he had been trying to fight for for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and so now he's doing great. Story. Yeah, he's, he's thriving. Yeah, it's a, just incredible. It's an incredible testimony of, again, you going into the dark places and saying, I'm here to love you. And they know that you're here. And so you've established these relationships over the years and you really are a beacon of hope for them. And you have to, I, I imagine that these girls think to themselves, I remember that Lindsay girl, that she comes by here once a month. And I know that if I need her, she's a place that I can go, you know? And it's almost like you provide like a back door, like an exit. But if we don't go into those places, how will they know? How will they know the love of God? So I love that you do that. And so now the Lord kind of formed this here, but he hasn't limited it. 
to just Dallas, and now you're being invited to other cities to begin to train other other people. So why don't you tell everybody about that? Yeah, so I guess about three years ago, I started getting invited to different cities to do trainings there. And the local churches in these different places will have me come and just do a training, do a training like you were part of. And so basically I do like a 30 minute, 45 minute training this on, is what to do and this is what yes. not to do. And what's incredible to me is this is not a Dallas thing. This is a humanity thing that that what you've developed, you and the Holy Spirit together, you can take that and apply it anywhere. Oh, yes. And it works. Yeah. And so you're showing all of these other cities, here's how you minister to these girls in the sex industry. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just an invitation, really, like. Uh, so many women I found have a heart for this, but they don't know like what to do with it. And most people are not going to go show up at a strip club nope. on a Saturday night no, 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 by no. themselves. No, <laughs> no, no. Or even, or even in especially a on you know, at all, or like especially on the streets. The thought <laughs> that they would let you in, yes, <laughs> to talk to these girls about Jesus when in fact all they want them to do. But it's interesting how loving them, it actually, they, the, the owners of these strip clubs genuinely want their girls to be loved. Yes. And minister to. Yes. We were just in Minneapolis and it was, it was a really interesting time to be there because I'd been there once before to do a training and this was pre-COVID and it was a beautiful time. It was just one of, an extraordinary time with these women. Fast forward, we get invited back just a couple months ago, and it was post-George Floyd. And so the environment in the city and the atmosphere was very tough. It was just very conflicted. You can just feel everything, all the emotions of what's gone on in the city. And so I was like, oh, man, this might be a tough outreach. But what was the most beautiful thing was the management. I've never been so celebrated by management ever they were desperate for us they were like when are you coming back even one manager was like can i give you a shot (laughs) (laughs) and then he was like here's my card this is the key to the kingdom you know you just flash it when you come in and i'm like man i wish you know like i could fly back every month just to be a part of what's going on but there's a team there that is being raised up and they're they're going to take that over and they're just going to go with it but they were like we need you here where have you been and they're just so desperate for because they might not even be able to put words to it or why they feel such a tug to us but they're like you're here hope is here yeah yeah it's been such a tough year for them yeah it's isaiah 60 Mm-hmm. That that uh, arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That great darkness will cover the earth, but our light is what shines in that place. And so they're in the middle of this tar-infested, you know, demonic, dark, heavy place. And with everything else going on in the city, it just multiplies that. And then when we come in or you go in, it becomes like, oh, life, yes. because they don't come to the church. But the church has to go to them. And so I just honor you and I celebrate you. We're, we're out of time, but I'm just so proud of you. And I'm so excited about what the Lord is doing through this ministry. And I think it is 
genuinely one of the end time ministries. And I think God is going to take you not just to all the cities, but I think he's going to distribute you to the nations with this. And so um, why don't you lead everybody in prayer and, and then we'll close. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things I want to just pray over you is that you will feel the boldness and the courage of the Lord come over you. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an evangelist, and I really was scared to do this when I started, but I had this fear of the Lord in me about fulfilling the Great Commission and just to reach the unwanted and the unlovable. So I just thank you, Jesus, for everyone listening to the sound of my voice, that they would feel a courage in these end times rise up in them to fulfill the Great Commission at whatever cost, and that they would have a resounding yes, um, just like Isaiah, here I am, Lord, send me, that you would mark them even right now with, with just a new, fresh surrender, and that you would just bless their yes and take their yes farther and further than they could have ever imagined. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us, Fearless Podcast. Um, and thank you, Lindsay, for being so fearless and going where not many people will go. So join us next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Podcast. If you love the show, help us grow by leaving a five-star review and hitting that subscribe button. Follow at Tracy Eckert on Instagram to stay in touch with us. And don't forget to head over to TracyEckert.com to check out Tracy's books, merch, and her Fearless Mentorship Program. Thank you again. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time on Fearless.